Welcome to the ACFCS Financial Crime Cast, a briefing featuring news, analysis, and guidance from across the financial crime spectrum. I'm Brian Sabota-Kindle, SVP of Product and Programming with ACFCS, and like many of you, I love the holiday season. The excitement, the anticipation, the parties, the time with family and friends, there's so much to relish this time of year. Unfortunately, I'm not the only one who loves the holidays. Fraudsters also thrive this time of year, whether that's online shopping scams or good old-fashioned check fraud. And in fact, that's what we're honing in on today on the Financial Crime Cast. Those of you in the U.S. may know that check fraud, theft, and related crime has surged over the past two years, and it's up to us as financial crime detection prevention professionals to stay doubly vigilant during this time of year. I'm joined by Brian Keefe with Nice Actimize, and he's going to guide us on the not-so-festive fraud schemes we can expect during the holidays, as well as give some practical advice that financial institutions can use to keep their customers and transactions secure during these busy days. Well, Brian, welcome back to the Financial Crime Cast. Uh, always a pleasure to have you. And some of our keen uh, repeat listeners may recognize Brian from a previous session we did not too long ago. Um, we're thrilled to have you join us again. Uh, again, Brian is a pre-sales consultant with Nice Actimize, works with financial institutions all over the world on a wide variety of financial crime challenges, and uh, including the one that we are focused on today, which is ACH holiday. Day fraud. Um, we are headed right into the holiday season. Hard to believe that the year is ending already, but uh, here we are. Always an exciting time of year, um, but also, unfortunately, an exciting time of year for a wide variety of fraudsters. Um, so, Brian, thanks again for being here. It's always a pleasure having you. Um, and if you don't mind kicking it off by just telling us, you know, as we are headed into the holiday season, uh, what financial crime risks should we expect for this end of the year? Yeah. Hey, thanks, Brian, for having me again. It's always a pleasure uh, to join you guys and educate our listeners on the fraud uh, landscape that's out there today, particularly over the holidays. I think with the the frauds that we see over the holidays are are particularly concerning. As we know, we get into um, the holiday season, but fraud never takes a break. We're the individuals that go out, we're having parties, we're doing tree decorating and so forth. And the, the fraudsters don't buy that. They, they, they pounce on that. They like the opportunity to get us at our, at our least where our guard is down. Uh, and they utilize the different techniques and different uh, malicious traditions that they had in the past. Some uh, tried and true scams that are out there today. And it's not just with uh, the main layers. There are multiple tactics that they use over the holidays and technologies to commit these active frauds. Um, it's easy on the consumer for the fact that we're laser focused on maybe looking at those particular products and, and services that we know our kids may want or our spouses or significant others may want for the best price possible with little or no effort because everything's most of it's digital these days, but we'll talk about on this, the, the paper side of it as well. And we tend to ignore some of the red flags that are out there. So I think that's a main driver for the fraud fraudsters that are out there today. They know and they see those vulnerabilities, whether it be young or old, and we want to get it here and now. So we we tend to 
ignore those red flags that are out there that we might pay more attention to during the regular season. It's a good point, and it's one that I didn't you know, necessarily consider. I was thinking more uh, the financial crime side, the financial criminal side, right? There's obviously just more commerce, more payments for them to take advantage of, hide among. But your point is really uh, is really valid that the consumer behaviors are different around this time of year. You know, people are are shopping. Uh, they're very focused on acquiring the gift they want or whatever the case may be, um, gift they need for someone else. Um, planning holiday meals, so on and so forth, then they're just not paying attention to the fraud risk. So it is that, you know, fundamental bread and butter lack of awareness that uh, comes up in so many different types of fraud schemes. Um, you mentioned, you know, online online shopping um, and, you know, online payments, that type of thing. Obviously, that's one area of fraud risk, but you also brought up checks as a area of fraud risk too. <clears throat> I think this is sometimes, you know, surprising to people who aren't using checks uh, very often anymore, but um, we saw actually a big increase in check fraud over the past year and um, really 18 months and going forward, you know, there's no reason to think it's going to change. So, you know, we have all these other ways to make payments, contactless payments of various ways, online payments, so on and so forth. Um, what's going on with this check fraud? Why why is this an area of focus and why should we be concerned about it? Yeah, so we look at it uh, during the regular season, you may have less utilization of checks by, we see it in the in the my generation, the older generation who are comfortable with the paper checks. Who didn't love as a kid or as a, a young adult getting a check and depositing in there from your uh, from your employer to say, hey, now I know I have the, the money I need, but now we get that generation that doesn't want to utilize, they're still hesitant in utilizing the, the contactless payment type of platforms, whether it be the P2Ps or others that are out there. So it, it brings to light those people that may not usually use uh, the payment platforms in the past, the grandparents, uh, the older parents that are out there that are still comfortable with this paper method so the fraudsters know that and they pounce again. I hate to use the word pounce, but they do. They take advantage and, and utilize both the, the fraudulent check side where not just so much defacing the check itself, but utilizing that in conjunction with maybe a digital payment platform or uh, a remote deposit capture. So they, they cover both the paper and the digital side of it. And we see it a lot today during the holidays with Maybe you want to give your grandson a check for the holiday and you don't want to send them something over the web because you don't know how to use it or, or whatever the case may be. They're still utilizing payments by check. So you see it. The, the post office, I know, transports millions and millions of checks a year. And a lot of it's over the holidays with in gift cards uh, sending from coast to coast or out of the country. So the Francis know that and they look at the opportunities they can exploit to get access to those checks. Yeah, no, great points. And it is a, uh, there's a, as you mentioned, there's a variety of opportunities there. Remote deposit capture being a big one that I think a lot of institutions still struggle with. Um, you know, the remote deposit capture piece is, is one where there's still seems to be a lot of the check fraud taking place um, for various reasons. So yeah, um, you see it with, the utilization in checks, it's not so much just with the, the giving of gifts, but it's 
maybe that's a way people track their spending. If you do it in a, a paper ledger or you don't want to go from, you want to utilize the checks to go to transfer funds from one institution to another because you don't want to use the P2P. So you may be mailing a check to another institution to make a deposit. So that's, there are many different avenues that people utilize paper checks that leaves them vulnerable to these particular check frauds. Yeah, no, great point. And it's also, you know, the other types of check frauds that maybe aren't directly uh, targeting consumers, like the whole check kiting is still, uh, amazingly enough, pretty popular scheme there where you're you're uh, writing a check, depositing it, cashing out the deposit before the check clears and trying to move it to another account before anybody's the wiser. And it's absolutely still taking place. Um, and actually, in recent months, there's some some data that suggests that it's increasing too. So uh, pretty much the full spectrum of financial crime and risk involving checks is uh, absolutely still out there and, and even on the rise. Yeah. So so let's turn to the the kind of what do we what do we do about it piece. Um, what are some tips you'd suggest? You know, you're in the fraud prevention space. Um, what would you suggest as some tips this year for fraud prevention experts? So I think the tips. I'll certainly get to. That. I want to make sure people truly understand the concerns with uh, the, the the check frauded itself. I apologize for not covering it before. You imagine the the impact that. A single check fraud may have on an individual or an institution. Your checks have a wealth of information in them, be it address, uh, phone numbers, uh, banking information. When now the fraudsters are not just the, the check fraudsters are utilizing it themselves, but you'll see this information that's obtained to obtain additional identities, fake identities, or they're selling it to another fraud ring on the dark web. So it, it just expounds upon goes from check fraud to many other fraud areas that people may, may, need, may need to be concerned with. So fake identities, be it to get a passport or anything else, it's, there's a lot of valuable information in there that uh, can be utilized by these uh, fraud sets. The banks are willing to replace the money, but the damage has already been done to, for identity theft and a number of other things. But I think the tips that we would give the users today, be it the financial institutions or the consumer, is number one, I think, to, to be aware, create awareness for how prevalent this particular crime is. Not so much just with the senior citizens, but I think with everybody when they write a check and mail a check, to understand the process of mailing it, it goes from your house where the fraudsters could go in and take it right out of your mailbox. Or even they're, they're, they're keen enough to have keys to the blue boxes that the post office use when you mail a check um, within a, a blue box. So there's many different areas there. So it's, it's bringing a, awareness to this particular crime, as well as increasing the campaigning on the utilization of P2Ps or other digital banking platforms that are more secure these days. So I think the hesitancy of people saying, if I do banking online or on my mobile phone, it's just as susceptible to fraud that it is if I mail the check. So bringing these statistics to light is truly gonna, I think, be an eye opener for those that utilize the paper method compared to the digital method. Another piece is maybe training your employees if you're uh, an institution, who the ones who are probably speaking to here today, have them understand what a, a piece of uh, check fraud looks like, to be able to identify a counterfeit or a forged check. 
and to establish maybe some additional fraud operations or processes over the holidays so you can you can handle the particular surges in uh, check transactions that go on during the holidays. So you're not left behind and maybe you're doing a little less diligence than you should because you don't have the personnel to do it. Yeah, no, excellent points. It's it's uh, on the awareness piece. It's it really is kind of a multi pronged effort, right? Um, you want to extend that awareness to your employees. You want to extend that awareness to, you know, even the <clears throat> team leads, managers of the compliance operation to say, okay, you know, maybe we need to build out some additional processes, controls around this issue for this time period. Um, but you also need to extend that, you know, out to customers too. And I know. A lot of uh, institutions try to do this, I think, to varying levels of success. And um, sometimes I do hear, you know, from financial institutions that say, you know, it just doesn't doesn't seem like we're getting through to people, frankly. Um, but you know, <clears throat> I think that's still that's still a valiant and worthy effort to make to extend that that awareness to customers. To you know, yeah, I think that customers alerts. see it when these PDP and digital platforms are originally rolled out by the institutions, and they're a little leery then. They need to just reinforce the importance and the security that's involved with those uh, PDP or those digital platforms and security and the the comfort level I think people would have in understanding what goes into um, fraud prevention on the digital side as compared to some of the steps you can't control outside on the paper side, whether it be the transportation or the check um, from place to place. There's a lot of vulnerability. So just reassuring the people that those P2P platforms or digital methods are tried and true and are probably more secure than you mailing a check to uh, to your grandson or others that you would like to have these funds. Yep. No, that's a great point that you need to, you know, it's a, it's a the education for different demographics, different, you know, generations to get, the right message across. So it might not be just one kind of blanket message of like, hey, be aware of fraud, right? Um, you uh, you got to tailor it to make it more effective to, you know, your customer Most base certainly. and that type of thing. Yeah, no, great points. What about on the detection and prevention side? You know, you mentioned you may need a little bit more um, um, systemic kind of processes, procedures around this, taking a look at this more closely this time of year. You know, could you speak a little bit more to what some of those detective measures or programmatic elements on the uh, the check fraud side might look like? Yeah. So, if, with institutions today, they if they deal with check, they they may have some sort of systemic mechanism in place that would monitor and alert on particular check fraud instances. And what that would be was a combination of perhaps looking at this individual's profile or their, their behavior within the particular institution to make sure that you're not missing out on these anomalous type of transactions. Um, be able to gain actionable insights with the, the solution you have as well. The solutions that are out there today can look at things from the series of checks that you write. Is it, are they off too much that? Um, it looks like an anomaly or is it within your pattern of normal business behavior, as well as looking at signatures and things such as that. It, the systems are pretty, pretty sophisticated in detecting the anomalies within a particular, in, uh, particular customer's account. It's going to minimize these particular solutions will minimize 
your institution's exposure and actually help accelerate those true instances to the investigators so they can take action on them before maybe there's loss to the institution. And it goes back to this is incorporated with the processes and education within an institution with the tellers and others that are all part of this fraud process to make sure that first line of defense is great, but you have mechanisms in place in the background to do early detection and intervention. Again, like I said, before the money moves from hand to hand. And you want to do it where now you can do it across all platforms because it may be a check deposit, but they may have some instructions to utilize it within the digital platform. So you need some sort of solution has, as we call it, multi-channel or omni-channel detection of these particular frauds. Yeah, great points there. I mean, it, it speaks to that kind of full spectrum approach because this is not a risk that's coming at you through, you know, one channel or in one typology. So you do need this, this kind of broad spectrum multi-channel way to approach it. Um, and that even extends to, you know, the multiple channels of getting the word out to your employees and your customers too. So yeah, it is a, uh, it is a broad kind of a scattershot approach to fighting this fraud since it does take so many permutations. Yeah. People may think it just touches on the paper side, but there's, there's certainly probably another digital aspect involved that you would be, have to consider the fraud extending into as well. So it's having a robust system to be able to do that in a timely manner, because as we know with fraud, it's it's instantaneous, whether it be a wire transfer, um, something on the retail or Zelle side. If you're a, a minute or two behind, you may have lost that opportunity, interdicted or even alert on that particular um, work item. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it moves fast. <laughs> yeah, free, free, freakishly fast. Uh, in some cases, it gets very difficult to uh, to catch. So, um, uh, thanks for that. Thanks for that great overview of kind of the the uh, check fraud risk we're up against in this holiday season. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's the holidays, and a lot of times there's a there's wish lists with gifts that we hope to receive this time of year. So uh, let's close it out by talking about what's on what's on your list. Uh, what's on your fin crime wish list going into 2023? I think my biggest wish list is just awareness, 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 awareness to make sure people take that time to, to, we didn't discuss these particular crimes, but they're all incorporated in the holidays is slow down a minute. It, it, the item's going to be there if you need it. Look at the website you're talking to or verify certain information of people you're transacting with, whether it be a traditional vendor such as a, a Amazon or with now digital technology and the access to Facebook and others, people are selling things through private private type of venue. So the, the biggest takeaway I want is people people to just take their time, assess what they're doing, make sure there's not nefarious websites or um, verify information on the back end that truly the information and, and items you're getting are true. Because if there's a lot of counterfeit out there these days as well for people looking for designer things. So again, awareness, awareness, awareness is my biggest, I think my biggest ask in my FinTech crime wish list for uh, 2023. Because I think we, with that little easing the, the pedal a little bit, you, you'll solve and reduce a lot of these crimes that we see out there during the holidays and, and these particularly vulnerable times that people have where 
they're looking for that perfect gift right now. Yeah, no, great points. I think uh, urgency, you know, is always a fraudster's friend, either a real or manufactured sense of urgency. And, uh, you know, t- speed is a fraudster's friend. People either seeking speed or uh, the ability to move transactions quickly. So, yeah, yeah but but- the splashier the websites, the better. And sometimes that's a, a red flag you need to be concerned with. So, again, if you take your time, do your research and just go at it slowly, you're going to probably get the item you want with the reduced risk involved. Yep. Yeah, definitely. You know, reputation research is really important yes. um, when you're when you're trying to find uh, uh, the right items and when you're shopping online. So, yeah, no, fantastic points all around. And uh, well, for everybody listening out there, you know, we uh, wish you all a very happy and fraud free holiday <laughs> season. Uh, and for financial crime professionals who are going to have a busy end of the year, hopefully we've provided you with some useful tips to you know not only stay aware, but potentially build out your programs, your monitoring tools across multiple channels to tackle this threat um, and ensure not only you, but your customers really have a happy holiday season. So um, stay aware, stay active and enjoy your friends and family with a fraud free end of uh, 2022. So Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, my guest has, again, been Brian Keefe with Nice Actimize. It's been a real pleasure uh, having this conversation with you, Brian. So thanks for being here. Thank you, Brian. And uh, for those that are seeking more financial crime content, we'll, uh, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other places where your favorite podcasts live. You have been listening to this episode of the Financial Crimecast. I wish everyone a great rest of the day, great rest of the week, and hope to catch you on a future episode. Bye for now.